parents just know. Dad told me, you know, probably a day after we got back, hey, I have cancer. What? And he's like, I didn't tell you before you left, like I've known for a month. Damn, you you stopped about caring about yourself and you put it back to me to make sure I was okay. I could go perform and do one of my dreams when you were hurting, you were sick. Sorry. That's okay. They give up so much to protect us. I know. I hate that I couldn't give that to you. The Performance Circus. Welcome to the Performance Circus with my co-host Mitch Creek. Today's Power Chat, sponsored by Champion, we're diving into things about leadership. We spoke to Dyson Heppel last week, and I can't wait to get into this business with you, Creaky, because this is something that is super close to us. We're both skippers of the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the Southside Flyers, a really inspirational chat I thought we had with Dyson Heppel, and I think I want to start off with... Who was a great leader that you've had throughout your life that really changed the game for you? Yeah, I think even in reflection, talking to Dyson, it brought up so many memories for me because I go back and I think of Joey Wright as being kind of my guy that really changed the way and evolved me into becoming like a real basketballer. For such a long time, I was consumed by the, I guess, entity of basketball. Like, I'm a basketballer, that's it. And I guess I kind of pulled on what that was every day. And that was like, oh, it's really cool. I get to have this label and I get to go and play on the weekends and I live a great life and all that. But then once I really got out there and started playing and then kind of Joey came in on my, my fourth year, I realized that I was nowhere near good enough to be thinking the way I was thinking. And I was nowhere in the realm of possibilities of where I could even get to. And he came in and he challenged me from day one. And I remember there was so much, I guess, reservation and hesitation because I'd never been challenged like that before. And I'd never had someone that looked me dead in the eye and said, you could be so fucking good, but you are gonna just ruin it for yourself. Like you are standing in your own way and you have no idea how good you could be. Like you could be an NBA player, you could be a boomer, you could be whatever you want to be, you could play anywhere, you could make, you know, infinite amount of money, you could have opportunities galore. And I looked at him like, what are you talking about? Like I've already got that kind of thing in my head. But that was the facade that I'd painted for myself. And I think Joey really understood the, I guess, the mindset of a of a basketballer. And a, I think in a in a world where social media was starting to really overtake you had snapchat had kind of come in you know facebook was huge and then all of a sudden you know twitter starts blowing up and you kind of get consumed into reading oh how good's creaky how good's this or whatever else and i just thought my shit didn't stink little did i know that my performances were nowhere near where they should have been and if i had actually got out of my own road earlier and absorbed a lot of the information rather than kind of thinking i already knew everything my career might have looked very different, but it also might have taken other turns as well because I think for me, I I really didn't understand how good it could be. And then once I was challenged, it was a daily acceptance of you're right. And I took a step out of my own path for probably the first time in, I'd say like probably since I was about 17, 18 years old, left the Institute, thought I was pretty good, 18, 19, 20, 21, Joey comes in, 22, I've got him for eight years now. And as that journey prolonged, 
my wings kind of started to grow a little bit and it was like, oh, actually, that's what it's like to develop. That's what it's like to find growth. Mm -hmm. And those feelings became like this addiction that it was like, I just want to learn. I want to make mistakes. I want to fuck up over and over again. I want to feel like an idiot. I want to just trip over and kick the ball out of bounds. I want to do all these crazy things that allow me to understand what growth really is. And once I figured that out, holy shit, I, my, my, I projected, I was like, holy God, like I'm now a six man. I'm now a starter. I'm now a fans MVP of the league. I'm now a club MVP. I've now, you know, got, you know, grand finals that we're, we're playing in. I've got opportunities overseas. The NBA started calling G League, you know, exhibit tens, NBA contracts, and it all stemmed from Joey. Now there's obviously other people along the way that, was so incredible and instrumental in my development, but it was the the respect and the friction that I had with Joey that made me grow more than anyone had ever made me grow because without that, I would have just probably consumed myself even more, but I got out of my own road, as I said, and I accepted that I didn't know everything. And I think that's the hard thing as an athlete is to accept that you're not the smartest person in the room especially in a basketball room. And then when you get older, you're really not the smartest person in any room whatsoever. You're actually pretty stupid. <laughs> and that's where I started to learn there's so much more to this than just the basketball. Going into Phoenix, you've started that club from the ground up. Obviously, you're a face of the NBL. You're the face of Phoenix. That is a lot of pressure. How did you deal with, hey, I'm now leading this team. I'm leading this club. I have all these fans, like the outside pressure as well as, hey, I have to perform. Like I'm getting paid the big bucks because I'm good at what I do and I need to go produce every day. How do you then come and lead your team? How do you almost, I guess, cut out the outside noise when you walk into the stadium? It's like, okay, you know, my team is on my back. I'm ready to lead these guys. What is that process like for you? I think we spoke about it last week with Dyson where it's like there's this – kind of aura of like noise that just kind of floats and when I play and when I'm there I don't really hear a whole lot Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this like subtle like music playing in the background but there's no other noise going on and it's like a busy street you've got your headphones in and they're not up loud but that's all you hear that's how it feels for me and I feel like a horse with blinkers on I don't see a whole lot I don't feel a whole lot but as soon as I walk onto the court I have this like switch and it goes from dap up the refs, the coaches say get out of the other bench, give them their respects and then it's like we're on. This is it. Like this is what I'm here for. My job is to help win this game for our franchise, for my teammates, to give them success, to put them on a path to be successful on the court, off the court and in life. If I can do those things, I feel like I've done the best part of what my job entails, I guess, is to give other people's opportunity. Mm-hmm. And once I do that, then I realize like, okay, this is what I'm here for. Winning's great and everything else, but you just want to be put in a successful position to have a positive outcome. So when the lights come on, that's how I feel. You step on those four lines, the switch goes on. And people have said, you know, you're laughing, you're joking around, you smack the guy on the ass, you have a bit of a laugh, and then they throw the ball up and you just change. And you become kind of someone different. That's the, the aura that you kind of project to people. But then as we spoke to Dyson, you get in the car afterwards and it's that silent muse. There's no noise. And it's like now I'm back to being me. Like yeah. this is pretty cool. Like I got to play basketball. I had great interactions with fa- uh, friends, family, you know, whoever it is. And we won the game or we lost the game. And that's all great, but it's not the end of the world. 
I've got family, I've got loved ones, I've got a career outside of sport, I've got interests and hobbies that I want to pursue and that's the most important thing as well because if I don't balance the two, the franchise will never go where I think it can go and where I want it to go. So without taking care of everything outside of that as well, I can't balance the two. So I think for me, it's about understanding my role now later in my career is very, very different to the early stages of my career for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I think fans or people on the outside see your leadership on the court. Like you said, you're. I think we're similar. We're very, you know, we, we're loud. We get around our teammates, like love a good butt tap, like gets everyone going, let's go. Then white line fever, you know, the ball goes up and we're hard ass, like there's someone else in our, in our eyes. But can you explain a little bit maybe about the behind the scenes? I don't think people actually understand the amount of hours that go into, like a captain isn't just for training and the game. Like it literally is from when you wake up to when you go to sleep at night. Can you talk through a little bit about the behind the scenes leadership that maybe I just think listeners like don't really know much about? Yeah, it's a it's a great one because I know like my partner, she – knew nothing about basketball like zero and then watch me kind of go through it and then it's like oh you go to a game and you do this and you do that and you come home but then it's like you wake up and it's like daily habits for me I'm so habitual now that it's kind of not like OCD but it kind of is to an extent because like I wake up my first thing is I ice bath straight away I go and have a shower I make my bed I make sure everything's done I start ticking off little wins Mm -hmm. as the day starts and then I go to training and instead of gym at eight o'clock I gym at seven o'clock so when the team comes in they've already seen me in there they're like holy shit Creaky's in here like it's I got here at 7 30 and Creaky's already in a lather with a pump like he's ready to go you go to training you're there you're watching film you're speaking to the coaches pre-training you're speaking about tendencies traits what's happened on the weekend what are you seeing with players having conversations with guys who walk in a little flat and then it's like, then you train. Then you've still got to train, you've got to enjoy it. And I think that's the balancing point is trying to get the most out of the team, but also enjoying the whole process at the same time. And if you have that balance, which I've found, it's beautiful. Like it's such a great space to be in. Then you finish training and you probably have a few conversations. I kind of watch the group and who leaves pretty early. And there's days where I'm kind of like first into everything and I'm the first out because I've just put in so much time and effort. And I know we're in a pretty good space. I like where we're at at the moment and I can kind of get out of there, go to the next thing. But then you go home and it's like, what's the next thing? You've got promos, events, media, training. You've got the NBL trying to get you to do commentating. You've got different things. You're running in a bunch of different circles and then you're still trying to balance your life. You're still trying to balance. Every time we FaceTime, sorry to cut in, I'm literally FaceTiming him. And he's in the car going from one thing to another. He's like, hey, hey, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I'll call you back in five minutes. It's it's like an hour later we talk. Hey, half an hour. Yeah, I just got to my next thing. i got to go. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. Wait, like, waiting for your call. Like, it is. It's nuts. Yeah, and that's, I think, what people don't always see. But to be successful on and off the court, you have to put, you know, it sounds funny, but it's like you got to put your finger on a lot of pies. you got to understand what it is you want to get to in different facets of your life and you've got to understand you've got to plan it and without for me it sounds really funny and people like i've started posting the the ice bar thing yeah i love it we were people, talking about it Chady. People, i love it people have been like latching onto it and there's so many people asking questions like why are you doing this what did you know i don't even know white house 
give you a, a freezer to post or some shit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, no, they did not give me white goods to sponsor. Like, this is just something that it requires discipline and it requires like mental effort because without doing that, I don't get up at 6 a.m. and I go and have a two degree frozen ice bath. I got to break it with the that fire axe. Mm. I get in it for five minutes up to my neck and I get out. I don't complain. I don't, no. <laughs> I just get in and I just go bloop and I just sit there. And my housemates, partner, everyone is just like, what the hell? Like, how can you do this? And it's like, I have a vision of where I want to get to and I'm not going to, I'm not going to barter with my own standards that I need to live up to. And there's some parts of my life that I'm still working on a lot and trying to put time and effort into that I've found that I get into a bit of a tornado cycle and I kind of don't always get where I want to get to. But there's a lot of other areas of my life that I get to straight away and it's a balancing act. And I've talked about that in the past, but for me, that's the biggest thing. So I think being a leader, being a captain is one thing, but shaping traits is starting with myself. And if I do all the little things, I can then ask other people to do it when it's required. It's not a necessity. I don't need my teammates to do one every day for recovery or anything. I don't do it for the recovery. I do it for my habits. I do it for the process. I do it for the long term, not the short term. Yeah. And if I don't reason with myself, I don't give myself an excuse. If I don't give myself an excuse, I give myself a good chance to have a good day. And in my world, having a good day is the most important thing because they're really fucking hard to have at times. So for me, I feel so empowered to get up, put my friggin' Kiwi Speedos on, <laughs> shout out budgie smugglers, and I jump in that ice bath, freeze my balls off, I go upstairs, I'm shaking, I put my hoodie on, I go downstairs and I go to training and I'm like, I did shit that was hard this morning yeah. and it's fucking 6.15. Like I've kicked ass so far today and I feel proud about that. And for anyone, that can be anything. It can be prepping your food the night before and sticking it in the fridge. So when you get up, there's your dinner, there's your breakfast, there's your lunch. You get your ice bath and you have a cold shower for the last 15 seconds. Maybe it's five seconds, but guess what? You fucking did it. Mm -hmm. And you can be proud of that. And when you have that mentality, you start to stack the days of effort. And that little bit of effort turns into a little bit more effort and a little bit more. Then you're like, fuck, I feel really proud that I did that. And for some people, it's a 30-second ice bath. Some people, it's longer. Some people, it's just getting up and saying, I'm going to get out of bed today and I'm going to go to work. That's hard for some people and that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to try and give people is that positive reinforcement that whatever you have going on doesn't fucking matter. You can do this. You've got this. Talk yourself into it. Don't reason with yourself. Don't give you an excuse. Give someone else their time to have their excuses. But if you can empower yourself to do it, then you can empower the next person to do it who may not even ever tell you that they've seen you do it. Maybe my ice bars do that. Maybe no one gives a fucking shit and I'm just cold, but it's helping me. And if I help myself, then I'm going to help other people on the way subconsciously. Yeah, amen. I love that. And a lot of it is it's above the shoulders. Like yep. it's, it's it's all head work. It's all, it's all the mentality. And I, I think that's a good point to what Dai said um, in our latest episode with him is he personally has to be good in the head in yep. his in, in how he wakes up and if if he's doing good then he can help his team the best and I feel like you just speaking is really really powerful and I guess giving me that same vibe of what Dai said. Do you think that is true? Like you said, you wake up in the morning you tick these things off, I feel bloody awesome about myself. Now I can go in early and give the best to my team and they can see what it's like 
to give 110% and hopefully, you know, they can start changing a small thing to make an extra win to make themselves better. Yeah, without a doubt. It's it's hard because you don't realise that your behavioural traits directly affect everyone that associates with you. And if I say, oh, I'm not going to do it today because I'm sore or I'm tired, I overslept, doesn't matter. I'll be late to training to do my ice bath. I'll be late to do the things I need to do and I'll pay my fine and I'll go in and I'll apologise and I'll say, that's not going to happen again. If it does happen again, I'm going to punish myself harder than anyone else is going to punish it, mm-hmm. right? But then if I say to my teammates, oh, you know, I'm not doing any of these things. I just come to training a bit later and I walk out and I'm not really, but I'm the captain, I'm the skipper. How can I require those guys to do the hard things when I won't even do them? And for me, they're not hard anymore. So if they're not hard for me, then maybe you're going to see it as, well, it's actually not that hard because he's done it two times a day for the last however long. That's consistency, right? And then it might be the next generation that sees it and says, well, I want to be a marquee player. And I never thought I'd be a friggin' marquee player in the entire universe. Like I look around and I see so many great, incredible people like Chris Goulding just lit our ass up last week and we lose a game on our home court, but I have so much admiration for what he does and how he goes about it because he inspired his time to win, his team to win and he put them on his shoulders. He's shooting half court threes, making plays on our home court and you can't not admire greatness. You can't not admire people who have done the fucking work, put it in and said, I'm going to get this shit done no matter what. And he got the better of us. But that's just a circumstantial thing where it's like, this is one time and next time I need to be, need to be prepared. But if I reason with myself, I don't really do it, then I can't require the hard effort in those times of difficulty if I haven't done it in times of ease. So when it's easy to do, it's easy not to do. Mm. When it's hard to do, it's even harder to fucking do. So if you can't do the easy and the easy, well, you're not going to get the hard and the hard. So, but I think that segues into you as well. Like my journey has been through Joey. He brought that toughness, the consistent energy, the precise work. And it's not been the longest, hardest worker in the room. It's about being the smartest and being precise with your execution. And if you do that over long periods of time and you accept feedback, you critically analyze yourself, then you're going to give yourself a chance. Off the court, I do it now in every other aspect, business, mm-hmm. you know, opportunities, understanding everything I can because that's my next path. And I know that I have to be prepared. And I'll walk into every room and be the dumbest idiot out of all idiots in that room who are, I think are really smart. But maybe I ask the dumb question that helps everyone else in the room. And I'm willing to be the clown as a part of the performance circus, I'm willing to be the clown (laughs) in order to learn the hard way and look a little silly now, but to live a little smarter. And that's for me, the biggest thing that Joey taught me and the biggest thing that I'll continue to try and teach other people. But I think my, like putting this back on you now, like we've talked about my mentor and my leader and who had the biggest impact of me. For you, I guess the same question kind of, you know, comes into my mind is like, who for you? Like we're in similar positions in our careers, playing wise in clubs, in roles and clarity in a team, but like who for you was that person? And can you talk to me and everyone, I guess, about that? Yeah, mine might be a little bit like not what people expect, but my mentor leader is probably my dad. Um, And I think he's an ex-locker, so he grew up in this 
sporting background. And I, I love that he's not in my sport because, to be honest, he doesn't really love basketball, but because I play it, like, he's learnt to love it. He understands it. But, like, my dad was definitely born a leader. Like, he – this is what I love about him, going through the highs and lows of sport, injuries, winning – He's always challenging me and, of course, he's my dad, so it pisses me off time and time again. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that we always have phone calls after games and, you know, I might not be in the mood but he will always ask me a question that challenges me and to, yeah, quite frankly, like just fucks me off. And <laughs> Is that not the most but, infuriating thing? Like I'm sorry to butt him, no. but like even shout out to Papa Creek. Like I fucking yeah. love my dad. I would just, I would destroy every building in this city <laughs> to make sure he's okay. But the second he's like, oh, these fucking refs and this and that, and oh, you, you didn't do And I'm like, mate, if you don't fucking can it, yeah. You, I'm changing my last name, right? Like, shut up. And the game finished yeah. T-minus 30 minutes ago. Like, oh, God, yeah. like I'm still warming down. When they come down to Melbourne, it's always funny because I get in the car and I'm like, oh, well, geez, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was out there. But please continue. Uh, no, but he's he's always been the one where if I, if I need to cry, like, there's his shoulder to cry on. If I need to pull my head out of my ass, he's, he's right there telling me I need to do that. And I think that's something from a young age. Like I remember doing my first serious injury at the AIS and I was, you know, blessed to lead my team then. And, you know, I blew out my knee and I thought my career was over. And he honestly, I was in so much pain, can't believe I didn't get a green stick, by the way. But he was like, you're being a drama queen, you're fine. Like this is going to be a lesson. It's it's a learning experience for you. And I was like, like all right, honestly, I did this about 10 minutes ago. I like, I can't think, but that's just who he is. Um, And and he's grown with me and he's gone through my highs and lows. But I think he's been a massive one for me because like you and like Dice have said, He's always been like, be who you are. Don't change for anyone. Be your authentic self because that's what makes me special and that's what is going to help someone else. I know I might not be the, the the leader one person wants me to be, but they'll still respect or, you know, uh, learn something off me and then the, the ones who I guess, you know, do really vibe with me, it's like, damn, you can change someone's day and I think that's something that is super inspiring and I feel honoured to, to be able to, do that and bring that every day. Yeah, I mean, even just hearing you speak about that and like my family means everything to me. Like my two incredibly beautiful, wonderful sisters, my mum and dad, like although they're not together anymore, they've still, they come together for games and they come down and there's never a moment where as much as sometimes they piss you off because they're your parents, right, or they're your sisters and they don't really know the intricacies and the in and out of what you're thinking going through all the things we've talked about you go through that that process as a leader and a captain as a player as everything but then it's like there's nothing better for me than getting home after a game whether we got pumped by 20 or whether we got up and we had a really good victory and you you get the best player and you know everyone thinks life's just really good and you're on a high I have nothing else in this world that is more enjoyable than sitting on the couch, cuddling up to my dad and my mum and being like, fucking how good's this? Just so good. spending a bit of time eating a burger, just talking a bit of shit. Typically, we've got some music on, you have a, a, a quiet drink or something like that. And it's just so nice to know that those people that have seen you at your highest and at your lowest consistently every fucking week, every month, every year, 
they don't, no one else knows what that's like. Even your partner doesn't know it as much as your family does. Yeah. So when you get those moments to share, like I, I, it literally makes me emotional because you think about what you go through in order just to play a game mm-hmm. and all the shit you put yourself through physically and mentally just to play a game. And then you get to share the moments of high with your family. Like I remember calling my family about the NBA playing my first game or I when see. I got my first NBL gig, like playing for the boomers the first time, I bought my eyes out. I cried in their arms for fucking hours about it. They were so emotional. Those are the memories I remember more than any win, than any loss, than any moment, than anything at all. And that's what, no matter how old I will be, I'll always be a mummy's boy. I'll always be, mm-hmm. you know, daddy's boy as well. Like that is the pinnacle for me is like making my family proud by just doing the little things well. Facts, big facts. Like I still wake up, I always have like a 45-minute pre-game nap and I wake up and I FaceTime mum and dad before every single game. Like yep. I'm 31 years old, like mm. what? But it's that's almost like a little tradition but I can't imagine not doing it. And then if I have time, I'll call them. If not, it's always a text after a game. And then, you know, little Rosie, my mum, like she – Loki, I feel like she thinks she's a coach of every goddamn sport we have here in Australia. But you know, she'll she'll run down it with me, and it's it is they're the memories I think that you definitely like stay with you. And like you said about the NBA, I remember, you know, I'd finally come off these knee injuries and made my way back in the Opal squad. I remember I was at uh, Doncaster Shopping Centre getting a pedicure. I got an email, called them straight away, and it's like those special moments you you do you never you never forget with them and the they they are always my ride and die if i've ever represented australia represented victoria them two are always on a plane and they're going to be the you know the first people there cheering me on you know always having my back and not everyone has that and i and i know that and i think as you get older obviously you see a lot more of the world and what what everyone goes through and i couldn't be more blessed and i think like being named captain this season has been such an honour and like we are towards the end of our career. I don't know how many more years I can play if my body's good and I'm still balling, I'll keep going. But I'm so blessed to share this journey with them and I've made them so proud. Like that's all I ever want in life. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool but, I mean, at the end of the day, I know that my dad had an opportunity to play when the Harlem Globetrotters came through and he was starting out his apprenticeship and it was essentially like you finish trade school you know i can imagine dad in his short shorts and his (laughs) his flowy hair and i've got photos and we'll we'll make sure we throw them in this but shout out to papa creek because he was a gun and he kicked my ass fucking 25 26 seven years until his his body kind of got you know the better of him and he couldn't shoot as many you know threes but then it was just like his free throw game was phenomenal like he kicked my ass in every game of 21 every game around the world horse everything we went to the nba and we played a game i remember in orlando with the g league team they pulled my dad out of the stands as like a bit of a, oh, we'll get this old fogey in here. He won't win any fucking prizes. And he made like 14 of 15 free throws in a minute, like what kicked the shit out That's of everyone. Nuts. And it was just like, this is the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. I come out at halftime and I turn around and after the game, dad's like pumped as he's got some some cool merch. And I was like, where'd you get that from? And he goes, I was in the halftime shootout. Yeah. I was like, no, you weren't. He's like, I I'm was, dead. look at this. And he goes, yeah, I only missed one. And I was like, what the hell? Like you're a gun. So he's like, that for me is the reason why I want to continue playing for as long as possible, but being in a happy place because he didn't get the opportunities. He turned down potentially playing basketball 
to be a tradesman. Yeah. You know, he was a builder for 45 years, took care of the family, did the hard yards. We didn't, like, if I go back in that time, I wouldn't have had the choice to play basketball either. I'd have been a mechanic or something because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. But now I look back and I'm like, I've had such an amazing experience and I've tried all these beautiful things in this world, all thanks to my mum and dad's friggin' hard work and my grandparents and my great-grandparents and what they had to go through. Like, that is... It's obscene to think that they lived in times where they didn't get a choice and they weren't allowed choices. It was like, you do A, B, or C, or D, what do you want to do? And it's like, I've got to know. Like, now you you could be 30 years old and be like, I don't know what I want to be. Yeah. I want to be an astronaut still. So- you have no idea. And then next week, you want to be a librarian. Like, you have so many choices and you can do whatever you want. But being able to kind of live the life that maybe my dad didn't really get to live, I get to share some of that. And then now, my whole mantra is like, how can I take care of my mum and my dad. So their last, however long they have, I want to say 500 years on this earth because I never want to pass. Yeah. But Facts. what can I do to give them the most incredible life right now moving forward? That is the only thing that I think about every single day. I love that because this sort of stems it. We have like a family motto. I think I have to explain it, otherwise it seems a bit grim. But rule number one, life's not fair. Rule number two, refer back to rule number one. And that comes from JC. And that gets me through hard fucking days and it also gets me through great days because at the end of the day, life isn't fair. It doesn't matter if you've done everything right by the by the book. It The world doesn't care what you've done and I think it's so important to know you have to feel those things and you have to accept it and I agree in the sense of if I'm angry about something, something hasn't gone my way, I feel that for a day or two but I put a time limit on it. And then I move on. I think Dice said something similar in the last episode. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's got me through some really, really dark days or it's, it, you know, even in a game, nah, go go back to that and it, and it yeah. goes away quickly. And, and I think even, like you said, parents are just like there for you. I remember for 3x3 we went to the um, Olympic qualifiers. Uh, unfortunately... We didn't make it. It was in COVID. That was just oh, bleh, yuck. Anyway, c- came back and parents just know. Dad told me, you know, probably a day after we got back, hey, I have cancer. And I was like, what? And he's like, I didn't tell you before you left, like I've known for a month, but I know you wouldn't perform because he's like my blood. I don't know why I'm getting emotional because he's fine now. But it's like, damn, you stop. you stopped about, caring about yourself and you put it back to me to make sure I was okay, I could go perform and do one of my dreams when you were hurting, you were sick. Sorry. That's okay. They give up so much to protect us. I know. I hate that I couldn't give that to him. But, you know, now we're level. So (laughs) we've both been to World Cup. None of us have made Olympics. I tried to one-up him but... But I think that's the thing that yeah. you'll come to understand is that you gave him more than he ever needed because you were just yourself in those situations where he wasn't able to feel his himself. Yeah. And you being your authentic self, you being the true version of you, playing hard, representing your country with pride, mm. that's the most he would ever ask for. And I'm sure when he listens to this, he's going to be so fucking proud. He's going to hug you. You're going to cry together. Always. But this is now a moment <laughs> that you get because- I truly believe that he's put himself in that position and this has all happened for a reason. And I think you have to be so aware of 
the greatness and the joy you filled him with through his entire life and that's where that's why he's in such an amazing position yeah and i think it goes back to if we have a bad day or we don't win there's more to life than basketball like there is just so much more and uh, you know you go back to that and i remember the first time i shaved dad's head together you know because he was going to about to go through chemo and that was such a special bonding moment and i was like that's where we have to go back and we are more than athletes because at the end of the day if my dad needed anything from me i would have given up basketball in a heartbeat and now it's just you want to enjoy the journey we want to enjoy the privileges that we have and we're so glad we're so close with our families both you and i that we get to share these journeys together and you know that we've both been side by side and it feels even better it's it's such a powerful journey that everyone goes on and i think we all understand there's a point in time where you come to a crossroads in life and you realize that there's this thing that we've played for so long and you know we spoke about it in previous episodes that the ego is what got us there yeah and it's the mind and the self-work and the development that now allows us to progress through life and we have to make that choice sometimes and it's only you know, there's a, there's a couple roads you can take and you're not really aware which one's going to take you where. The beautiful saying is neither good, neither bad. Whatever will be, will be because a great situation can put you into a bad next situation and a bad situation right now, which seems that way, puts you into the greatest situation ever. And I'm sure there's been moments for both of us now where we're like, oh, it cannot get any worse than this. This is crazy. <laughs> and then lo and behold, it right. got worse. <laughs> the but hole got deeper got and darker. Deeper. But then all of a sudden you got to a point where there was a beautiful chest full of all these beautiful, amazing things and there's memories and there's joyful moments and there's experience and you're like, this is incredible. Who knew that I was in such a place and I got to such a beautiful place as well because life is about balance. And as we sit here and the sun shines in, we have to be thankful because – we don't know how many days we have, mm-hmm. but we have to put the most in it every day and give the most of ourselves without giving too much. And I think for both of us, that's why we are good in our leadership roles because it's a role. Yeah, We don't take leadership home and you say to your partner, hey, like what, you know, you know, box out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not telling her like, hey. What, why are the dishes done? You know, I did them yesterday. That's not leadership. Like, we don't do that. We go home and you just, you know, you have your life and you, be, you become who it's you really are. Still, yeah, yeah. It's teamwork still, yeah. It's all the same kind of philosophies you, you use at training and you use at games, but you just understand you're like, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth right now if I say this, and sometimes you walk into it. But yeah. I think that's the coolest part is we go to training, we come home, you have a life. You then get to meet people and they get to go, oh, Beck was actually really lovely. I didn't used to like her, but now I do. That is the funnest conversation. Do you know how often I actually get that? Because people just look at my Instagram and think I'm just like, (laughs) anyway, I'm not the biggest bloody weirdo you've ever (laughs) bloody met, but that's what makes us special. It's cool. (laughs) It really is. But I think that's what makes leaders special is because we have to take on a persona sometimes that isn't always our authentic self, but it's something that we are comfortable being in. And as Dyson spoke about, Joe Watson stood there and took all those arrows Mm -hmm. when that saga went on. He just stood there and he copped them all and he copped them all. And the ones that weren't able to survive, if those arrows hit them, he saved a lot of people. And I never have had the chance to speak to Joe, but I remember in those moments he was plastered everywhere. And I thought that man is so incredibly strong. I want to be like him one day. And I feel like I'm getting to a point in my life where it doesn't matter what gets thrown at me, I'm going to be okay. And I think it just takes time, patience and consistent effort of as long as I'm okay and as long as I'm giving my true authentic self to those people around me, 
everyone else will be okay as well. Mm-hmm. And I think as a leader, that's what's the most important thing is if I'm okay, I can help other people be okay. And then once we're all okay, sounds like a little, you know, <laughs> right. rosary circle or whatever it is, a little daffodil circle we've made at school. But now we all have a chance to go in the path of success, opportunity, growth. And those are the three things that as a leader, I want to see every single day. And if I don't tick that box, I go, well, today I didn't get it done, but you know what? I'm going to do my best to give it another crack tomorrow. Exactly. That's all we can ask for. Amen. Well, that's a big one. (laughs) I mean, I I think these power episodes are special because, you know, we speak about one thing and it it kind of takes a, a cool little twist into something different and, you know, speaking about experiences and family ended up being more of the topic and for both of us. I think it's a it's a pretty powerful lesson that we've had to learn and go through and I hope that people listening to this take the same from it as well. So I think it's um it's incredible what you shared. I appreciate it. I was doing my best. I hope the camera wasn't on me because I had some tears as well and I think everyone else here did. But I mean, I, I want to say thank you for sharing that and being open about that because that's not an easy thing to talk about. So no, I know a lot of people you. are going to take a lot from that. No, and thank you. And I think it is important for everyone to know leadership just isn't about yourself. It's about everyone around you, you leaning on one another and supporting each other. That can be in sport, that can be in business, it can be home life, work life, whatever it is. And no, yeah, that was a really special episode. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. I hope that everyone listening got a lot out of that. Um, as we said, leadership is not a I thing. It is about everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to everyone that listened, thank you so much. The Performance Circus is going to be here weekly. We are kicking butts. Uh, we are learning <laughs> amazing things about each other. We are learning amazing things about a variety of different things. A massive shout out to Champion for this amazing power episode. If you like this episode, please like, review, share on your social media. Have a wonderful day and have a beautiful listening experience.